Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I am the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bottle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Um, I don't know. It's a little like... I think I mentioned this last week, but we've started to go back into the office for a couple of days a week, which has really like messed with my conception of what day of the week any given day is. And I'm wrong a lot of the time. And yeah, I don't know. It's what time it's fall now, I guess. Or I don't know. Is November fall or winter? I guess technically it's fall, but it it's still got fall. cold here. So it feels like winter now. I had to wear like a actual coat. Well, I mean, fall only lasts a month in this town, and it's been about a month, so fall's over. Um, yeah. But honestly, like, I don't know. It's it, it, This week has been a week full of kind of death for me, so it's kind of, um, I think it's fitting what we're doing this week as our, as our topic. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would frame it quite that way, but I will say one of the other things that's been sort of confusing is that, like, People keep announcing release dates for things, and we keep having to like redo the schedule of what we're going to talk about. Um, thanks a lot, Doctor Who, and also the final season of The Crown. Uh, but in that spirit, we had a we had a week to fill, and we went back and forth on what what should be in it. And and I had a genius brainwave while passing out Halloween candy that um, we should talk about because it is going to be the final season of The Crown uh, coming both this November and December. I hate you, Netflix, <laughs> uh, is is the first of Peter Morgan's long and complex odes to the Windsor family, which is the 2006 film The Queen, which yeah. A, I'll just say up front that I love, but B, I also feel really uncomfortable calling the classics revisited because I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater and I guess that makes me a dinosaur. I don't know. Even though we've done like so many other shows that... that were you know premiered in 2006 somehow the queen is like the one that's a bridge too far for me um i have to say a i know i saw this in the theater um b um i feel like the queen is absolutely the most perfect classic revisited we could do because it's kind of like the zygote of the crown in a way um because it's basically the first time he tackles sort of the uh, sort of goes from the crown to the stage play the audience which i think you could actually watch on national theater live and they do screen it in in theaters sometimes mm -hmm. and then the crown um yes actually if you want to be perfectly uh, if you want to be completionist about these things, it's 2003's The Deal, which is Michael Sheen as Tony as Tony Blair um, with the Gordon Brown deal. And then it goes and then it's uh, the queen and then it's the special relationship. Um, and those are basically sort of the uh, that's the How Michael did Peter Morgan not put Michael Sheen in the crown is my question. Oh, no, he's too old at this point. I think he's too old to reprise Tony Blair a, a fourth time. Well, I mean, or just like anyone. I don't know. Like, he's only 54. The man is not like dead. Okay. I'm just saying that, like, you know, if you think of the deal, the queen, and the, and the special relationship are sort of the Michael Sheen trilogy of, be, of, of being Tony Blair. And then you have sort of Helen Mirren as sort of the duology of, of being Queen Elizabeth in The Queen and the Audience. 
And then you have basically the crown, which is sort of like this, this jumping off of all of those and taking it a step further and basically sort of trying to retell the, the, the sort of the, the second Elizabethan age in this sort of Shakespearean way, the way that Shakespeare has tried to retell sort of like, you know, the histories of, of, of kings, you know, past. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really, I had, I joked when the crown was first announced that, and Helen Mirren will star in the, in the fifth and sixth seasons. I mean, look, I will go to my grave believing that he wanted her to do it and she just couldn't do it because she was in that Yellowstone prequel. Well, not just that though, but I, I honestly don't think she should have done it. I do think that Emil, I think that Staunton is a really good choice. I think that the Staunton and, and Elizabeth Debicki height difference um, for the TV show is just, I mean, seriously, that is some genius, like, casting against each other. Well, I have I have some complaints about, uh, maybe it doesn't matter that they don't have Helen Mirren for the final season of The Crown, because the final, the, the, as The Crown has continued, it has become less focused on Elizabeth, but that is a, um, that is a rant for when we do that episode. Anyway, The Queen. I have to say, that this is one of those movies that, I mean, it lived in my head rent-free for years after I saw it. And I think it still does on some level. And I think that there's a level where the crown has always had to compete with it. And I think that, in a way, Claire Foy and and Olivia Coleman both had to compete with Helen Mirren in 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 a way and i think staunton does too sort of but in a way less so now i may mm. maybe time and distance and the fact that i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna put a pin on that just a, an asterisk really not a pin because we haven't seen her do what Marin does in this movie like she hasn't gotten to the diana death stuff yet yeah and i think that's gonna that's a much I mean, I don't think people are going to be able to help it. That's a much more one-to-one comparison of like how the film told the story of the aftermath of Diana's death versus how the crown chooses to do it. I actually wonder how much the crown will focus on this particular section because Morgan already did this. It's already here. Like you could almost skip it on the crown, insert the queen like right in that section and then keep going. I mean, there you go. Get Michael Sheen in there. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, anyway, I, I, this is um for anyone who's never seen The Queen. This is basically like please go fix your life. It's on Paramount Plus streaming with Showtime. Actually, I don't really know the differences between what Paramount Plus with Showtime is because we just have Paramount Plus that it was on there. So go find it. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus, not with Showtime. It's just on Paramount Plus. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, uh, basically it is it is a slice. Of, think of it as a slice of the crown. It is a it is a sliver of the crown, which focuses very directly on the direct aftermath, starting with uh, the announcement that Princess Diana has died in the car crash and going directly to the day after the queen basically walks the line and sees all the flowers and all the tributes. I think technically, I think technically it starts with Tony Blair winning the winning PM. Oh, OK, fine. Yeah, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of like prologue, but the actual heart of it is really just that very, very short few days of of that of that of of those of that august week and that's what it really focuses very heavily on and diana never appears except in historical footage there's nobody playing diana in the movie 
It's actually really brilliant the way they do that, I think. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't think there's anybody playing. I don't, as I recall, there's nobody who plays Camilla. Um, no, no, it's just in the footage. It's just in the footage. Um, most of the, honestly, there's very few real, there's very few characters who show up as actual actors. Like, I think the cast is maybe 10, 10 people. Everybody who, they, they, they keep it very tight. Anyone they need to show beyond those, that, that very tight circle is, is in historical footage. So you get Elizabeth, you get Tony Blair, which is Michael Sheen. You get Philip, who's played by James Cromwell. You get Cherie Blair, who's played by the late Helen McCrory. You get Charles, who's played by Alex Jennings, brilliantly by Alex Jennings. Um, man, can I just say that Mr. King Charles the Third should be Many curse words glad that the crown did not recast Alex Jennings as Charles because it is not a flattering portrait. But I think probably closer than Dominic West. Oh, heck. Oh, heck. Yeah. I mean, Dominic West is as flattering a portrait of Charles as you can possibly cast. Anyway, um, you have Roger Allum as the secretary whose name has fallen out of my brain. Robin. Oh, thank you. Um, you have a. I literally just watched this again last night. Okay, I was. Um, who else do you have? You have, you have Tim McMullen, is in it. Uh, uh, Douglas Reith is in it. Um, and and a, a Firth is in it, but not Colin. <laughs> um, basically, though, I think you can kind of like some of these other like the Alex Jennings choice is really interesting, and I love watching Helen McCrory do literally anything, but. If you've heard of the Crown, um, you're here for Helen Mirren, and the only uh, uh, the Crown, the Queen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ch- I'm just gonna like call these by the wrong names the whole time. So it's all part of the same deal. But if you've heard of the Queen, you're here for Helen Mirren, and the only other person you really need to know is Michael Sheen because this is, in a lot of ways, almost a two hander between them. Like mm-hmm. there's some other people there who do stuff, but none of them are as important as as either of them. Yeah, I, I will say though that I just just to point out though that that even though he's very much a a Mirren Sheen two hander, the fact is is that just about everybody else who surrounds them is massive A list casting. Like this is the cre- the creme de la creme of the BBC. Like there are no bad actors in this movie. Like they really did like cast from like the highest level. So even like the smallest roles have like really great actors in them. And that also matters, I think, because that way there's there there no there's no letdowns anywhere. Um, but yes, you are correct. It is and that's part of the keeping it very tight, you know, is that this is this is this is the story of Queen Elizabeth trying to figure out, you know, because you know, I think it's basically pretty obvious in the crown and also in the queen that elizabeth didn't understand diana at all this is not how she was raised to royal this is and she doesn't understand why diana's way of royaling worked she doesn't understand why diana's way of royaling was acceptable and she certainly didn't understand why diana's way of royaling brought out that kind of emotional reaction when she died Mm mm-hmm I mean, I, re- I remember where I was, precisely where I was when I heard that Diana died. So do I. I was, I was outside. I heard it was in the middle of the night. I was like outside a club in college and having a cigarette. And I don't know who told us because it's not like we had, you know, cell phones back then. But somebody did. We were at we had left the club. 
<laughs> we had left the club and we were at the gas station on our way to the <laughs> diner to get breakfast, the 24-hour diner. Oh, yeah. And we had one of those, too. I think ours might have been a Waffle House, but still. My boyfriend went inside to get the Sunday paper because we always got the Sunday paper on our way to the diner. And he came running at the car, holding the paper and screaming at me. And I was like, what? And I pulled myself out the window and he like ran at me and slammed it on the 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 windshield. And I dropped back in the car and I looked through the windshield and I saw the screaming headline and the picture of the car on the front page of the New York Times. And he bought like he bought every paper. He bought the Times. He bought the Post. He bought like he got a little. He was also very drunk. <laughs> but you know, um, don't drink and drive, kids. That's my lesson. Uh, but I think the Queen can really be kind of, kind of summed up by uh, the scene. She's still at Balmoral, but Tony Blair calls her at, at Balmoral, and they have this. He calls her several times. Balmoral but this is they have this conversation where she's like this is not how we do things in this country like this is not how we grieve in this country but it is now this is not what this is not what people expect from us this is not how we respond to things like and eventually people will come back to themselves like she says this multiple times and I think that's really um kind of the heart of how she is seeing this situation it isn't like it it isn't anything that she's been taught is correct. Yes, and neither was Diana in a way. And I I, I actually I have to admit that I feel like the Crown has sort of not been able to um, properly get that across in some ways. Well, I think the Crown counts a lot on our own like kind of emotional mm-hmm. uh, connection to and memory of Diana. Like the Crown is counting on us to fill in a lot of those gaps for mm-hmm. it. Where I think the queen doesn't do that. That's true. And I also think the queen is a little bit more honest about <laughs> James Cromwell. It's just a really hilarious Philip. Um, <sighs> he he's is. So, it's so like I can just absolutely see it. But there are just several moments like in the background where he's just literally like, she sucks. I hate her. Mm. What, like. Like he he just is very upfront with how much like he does not like her and how betrayed the family feels by like who she turned out to be. And I think that's a little bit more honest than what the crown chooses to do at times. Uh, I I absolutely agree with that. I feel like the other thing I think about the the reason that I consider the the queen to sort of be the zygote of the crown or sort of like the first draft or the first the first the the the, the, the sort of the 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 first iteration that became the crown is that i don't think morgan was worried about what the royal family thought of the queen when he did it in the way that i do actually think that he and netflix are far more concerned about with the crown well, i think it's also a question of medium like mm. the queen is a movie right so there's only so much, like, even if the movie comes out and the royal family hates it, what are they going to do? It's a movie. Right. Like, like the crown is has been going on for years now. Mm-hmm. And, and there's much more of, like, a real-time feedback loop in a way that, that the movie did not have to deal with. Yeah, and also social media in 2006 did not exist the way it does now. Also, Elizabeth died in the middle of it, so there's that. Right, that's true. Um, and, and, and suddenly they had to start flattering a completely different monarch. 
halfway through. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I definitely feel like Morgan is more honest about the royal family in general in this movie, um, which was a thing I'd forgotten, honestly, um, when I when I rewatched yesterday morning after you suggested this. Um, I uh, I had forgotten how angry philip was and how funny he is that was the one thing that i did actually sort of I forget just love that his re- his response to any crisis is let's go hunt something <laughs> um the thing is is that like one of the things about philip and the crown is that both um um tobias mendes and um and Jonathan Price's they are funny. And I thought that that was sort of a crown thing. And I did. And, and seeing it also in the queen, I was like, that's a thread that goes through like both, both, uh, both the movie and the show. Nobody like, is that vulgar and not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that may also be it. But yeah, it, it, it really did startle me how funny he was. Um, and also how angry he, how much angrier he is in the movie in a way that the show doesn't allow because you know he's the one who sort of brought her in and 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 sort of gave his blessing and sort of like you know said this is, and said yes this is the one and and Charles went for it and then she turned out to be something that he, that he that he didn't realize yeah it's like a betrayal almost yeah um, but what i really love is is for mo- for a huge chunk of the movie, because this is what happened in real life, the the royal family is at Balmoral, which was, you know, historically Elizabeth's like favorite. It's a it's their favorite house mm-hmm. that they have. It's the one that that uh, Albert bought bought for Victoria. And it's actually owned by the royal family rather than by like the government or the country. Yeah. Um. So they spend a lot of time there, but like they're at Balmoral and they're grilling or something in the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. But like, uh, Philip is so angry. That um, because Tony Blair is called again, and he wants them to he wants them to, uh, he wants them to raise the flag over Buckingham Palace at half mast. And uh, for those of you who don't know, unless the Queen is in residence at Buckingham Palace, there they don't there's no flag because it's Period. supposed to, it's it's not supposed to be like a country flag. It's supposed to literally denote whether or not she's in the building, mm-hmm. but. Um, people were mad that they weren't showing this sort of sign of respect to Diana. So Tony Blair calls her up and he's like, you should you should put the flag at half mask at Buckingham Palace. And Philip is pissed. Like, he's just like yelling in the woods about how, you know, you know, presumptuous all of this is on Elizabeth the person as well as Elizabeth the office, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I um. I think that there's also yeah that is one thing that the the queen does do very well and that's one thing that it in the same way carries over into the crown is that this is one of the this was one of the first times I remember seeing a piece of media that really talked about the queen being and an office and a person mm. um even in shakespearean plays no one talks like that you know, even in history, TV, history, TV, anything's about royalty, about this, that, and the other thing on PBS and and just general like history stuff. The History Channel, no, no one talks like that. Even in gossip, like you know, we we read we read gossip columns. I know you read gossip columns. I love Lainey. I love like all of those kind of things. 
up until then, I had never re. I'd read about the firm. I'd read about this. That I'd never really heard someone really think about the queen as a human being and as an office, and that was that was so startling to me. And it's one of the things I think the crown really has sort of cemented in our minds, if nothing else, that the queen, that that, that royalty the is... royals are people. They're but, people too. Yeah. Well, yes. But it's very, like, everybody always thinks of it. One of the Louis, um, I think, I want to say, I think it was Louis XIV. It must have been Louis XIV because that makes sense. Um, there's a, fr- a famous French saying, and I'm going to butcher the French because I'm doing Duolingo, but not great at it. But it's like, le tot c'est moi. Um, and it means like I am the state, basically. Yes. So it's sort of it's the it's the idea that like that they're one and the same thing. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, is that like it's not that they are people too. It's that the 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 Elizabeth the state and Elizabeth the person are two separate things. And in no history play and in no history thing had I ever seen that bifurcation really demonstrated and this was the first time i'd really seen that and i think the crown really does a good job in sort of like really showing that bifurcation and i think the the queen is the first time you really see that and that that is one thing that that morgan has always really been good at showing um and i think that that also that that that's a problem though because if the person doesn't understand, then the office can't understand. And that that's also part of the theme of the queen is that, you know, if the person believes that the country is misbehaving, basically, because that's kind of what Elizabeth thinks here. And the office therefore thinks that her entire country is misbehaving. And that's, that no you you can't tell your your that no you know you have to get in line with your people you can't you can't tell them no all of you stop that stop that now that's not how that works that's not how any of this works as that commercial goes um i actually think weirdly one of the best examples of that is the scene at the very beginning where elizabeth is having her portrait painted and she's talking about voting and how because it's the election like it's the election that sweeps Tony Blair in and and she a like does not understand the whole Tony Blair phenomenon but she's like sitting there her portraits being painted by this like elderly black painter and she's talking about how nice it must be to vote <laughs> and how she would like to you know how she would like to vote like how or or and just like experience it or whatever and it's it's really like it's one of those things that sort of Peter Morgan is so good at it kind of at kind of you know, putting into very stark relief just the the basic things that royal life prevents these people from doing. Yeah. Like, she can't vote for a prime minister. <laughs> like she and, can- and the painter is like, well, it's still your government. Yeah, but she can't vote for it. And that's so weird. Like, you don't ever think of that. But also, like, she has no control over it, but she's also in charge of it. Yeah, and you also see that in the scene when um when Tony Blair first comes to meet her, um, and and he is, you know, he has no idea what he's doing, and he like does like there's a very ceremonial thing that they're supposed to do where the queen asks the prime minister in waiting to sort of form a government in her name, et cetera, et cetera, and there's a back and forth that they have to do, and like he has no idea what he's doing, and he asks her, and she has to correct him, and 
all of this other really just hilariously awkward. But this is literally how their government functions works. Yeah. And 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 she's done. And the other thing about it is that you get the sense and and the queen does the, the crown never the crown never emphasizes this quite enough, I think, um, is that, you know, the the queen gets it very quickly that she's done this over and over again. And every prime minister who walks in the first time doesn't know what they're doing and she has to teach them each time. Um, there's a great throwaway, like her first line to him is something like, oh, well, you know, my first prime minister was Winston Churchill. And <laughs> it's true. You can see, I don't, I don't know how many of you guys, I've seen the audience multiple times. I actually, let me, let me be like, I saw it in London, but I did see it in London. <laughs> and it's okay. It was so like, literally there are like live corgis that run across the stage. It was great. Um, but the audience really leans into that because the premise of the audience is, is that it's a series of conversations. The queen has weekly meetings with her prime minister, and these are all very, like, hush-hush. No one knows what goes on in there. No one talks about them. It's, like, shrouded in the secrecy of royal magic or whatever, and that's that's what the stage play deals with, is it goes through all of her prime ministers because she's had she has, like, 20 of them over the course of her life, and probably more, actually. I feel like 20 is low, and and it's all the different kinds of conversations that she had with them because she's had 20 of them. Sorry, Tony Blair. Um, yeah, I I wish that the, that's one thing I do wish the Crown was more. I, and I know it's because they they focus on the drama rather than the government part. But I do wish that there was a level where they where they were like each time she gets a new prime minister, she has to train them in how you in this sort of like in this ceremony. Um, because the queen really sort of gets at the fact that, oh, no, yes, no, I've trained each and every one of you. It's okay. You all always screw it up the first time. No, and she literally has her secretary, like, fake an emergency to come get her out of the meeting. Yeah. She's like, oh, 10 minutes. Was that enough? No one wants to be rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, the, the queen is so delightful in its way. Even though it is, it is so sad and frustrating in a lot of ways because it really does sort of get at how much the monarchy was out of touch at that moment. And it really was also sort of hopeful in that it suggested that, 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 the, that the monarchy was, that, that, that they were beginning to get it, I guess. Well, I like that it because you know that Peter Morgan is just a diehard royalist. Oh but, yes, he is. Um, I I like the suggestion that the monarchy actually serves a purpose, and I feel like that's what I feel like that's what is is at the heart of a lot of this because they go through the whole like ah uh, Elizabeth's not gonna like go there or talk to the people or whatever, but then she does it. You immediately hear the newscasters being like, oh, it's like we've had a family tiff and everyone is getting along now. Like it's just really. I think it really does a good job of illuminating like what the monarchy does so well and why people are so invested in it in yeah. a lot of ways, even as it even as it sort of shows how. I mean, I can't even fault them for being like that unprepared for the for everything that happened with Diana, because it had literally never happened before. So yeah. and that they I really mean, were on paper on paper. You would be like, why would we have a state funeral for this woman who literally isn't part of the royal family anymore? Like they say it. They're like, she's not an HRH anymore. Yeah. And yet what there's a level where it's like, well, once an HRH, always an HRH. Right. And like, do you? But like, 
You know, and it also, like, this question, it's not like this question isn't gonna come up again, guys. I mean, let's be real. Um, I actually love this scene where uh, Elizabeth is sort of what she's waffling what to do about going back to London. She's waffling about whether she should follow, like, Tony Blair's, Tony Blair's four-point plan for, like, saving the monarchy. And she's talking to her mother about it. They go for a walk in the garden and the queen mom says something. The queen mom says something about how, you know, uh, it's Elizabeth's strength that makes her such a good ruler. Like the country needs to see her strength that the real problem will be when she's gone. Like that's when the monarchy will face its crisis, which I think is incredibly prescient. I mean, yes, and no, you know, I mean, I just love that the queen mom is like, we all know your son is useless. Yes, it's true. And yet, you know, I have to say that Charles just kind of like slid right on in there. Well, he did have 20, he did have 20 years to rehab his image. Let's put it that way. Well, he did. That is true. Um, By the way, um, I looked up um the woman who plays the queen mom because I was like trying to, because I was like, A, I couldn't figure out who the heck she was and B, where I'd seen her before. She's actually Mrs. Ralston from Gentleman Jack and she passed away like only just recently. Yeah, so um yeah, I just I just wanted to point that out. Um for people who watch the queen and go, where have I seen her? Um, because that really bugged me um yesterday. Um anyway, um the thing about I was really startled how easily Charles slid into the monarchy. Um slid into being king. I somehow thought that it would be more bumpy. Well, I think like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he has spent a long time rehabbing his horrible image. And, and 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 Camilla too. I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I mean, her. I mean that. I'm never forgiving her. So whatever. I mean, I mean that side chick coronation went just fine. It did, but you know, real ones remember. Uh, but, I know. Uh, but like, I do think that Charles. I do think that Charles in this movie is very interesting because it definitely, um, like it, it it lets you wonder whether or not his sort of sudden realization about the outpouring of grief for Diana is genuine or or very like self-serving because he does glom on to Tony Blair immediately like like we're both modern men we're both men looking to the future like it's really it's really uncomfortable almost oh no i i uh that Actually, the crown does that. I don't know if you remember, but the crown actually has that almost that exact same scene, um, with uh, with with Dominic with Dominic West and uh, who plays Tony Blair in it's 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 um the guy from Dag Leash, Bertie Carville, um, who plays Tony Blair in the Crown, and they have almost that exact same scene separate from fr- separate from Diana. That, that that we're both modern men and that, that Charles is basically like trying to get Tony Blair on his side to help. Because him. because for those of you who don't know this, Tony Blair, when he was first elected, won in like a labor landslide. Like, oh, oh, just like so much. So oh he's my very God. like seen as sort of a sea change among the British population because he won so like just crushingly. My father spent all night awake that night watching la- watching the returns come in and watching labor take over and it was like it, it it was like a triumph in our household to see labor finally succeed. Though I will tell you that that next summer when we went to the UK, my dad found a mug that said proud to be old labor and brought it home. 
Just saying. Um, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, New Labor was a whole thing at the time. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Tony Blair for a second. Not um, because or this particular depiction of Tony Blair, which I think is really interesting. I think Michael Sheen is amazing. I've gone oh, on yes. about him at at many lengths and at many lengths in many other shows, but he has a long history of playing real people. Mm-hmm. Um. But what I think is so impressive about his performance is that it's he's playing a real person, but it never devolves into what you might call mimicry. Like, it still feels like he's doing his own thing. Like, he's not trying to copy Tony Blair, which no. I think is really interesting. He's Tony, he's Tony Blair the character, not Tony Blair the person. And that is also extremely important. Um, you know, I also just think... I also just... The Crown doesn't do a lot uh, with the politics side of things. No, it never does. Um, and they cast all the they cast all the PMs and stuff. And but they're side characters. Who played Winston Churchill, John Lithgow, or something? But like you know, there's actors playing the PMs, but it's not it's not the same thing. This Mm-mm. is sort of the only version. Um, well, the audience, I guess, is full of PMs, but Peter Morgan doesn't really touch it in the Crown. And I just think his his sort of idea of Tony Blair is really interesting. Like it's a sort of like a like an er version of Tony Blair, I guess. I don't know. It's really like it's it's like this idea of at one point Sherry Blair says something. She's like, "Uh, all labor PMs go nuts for the monarchy or something." Uh, well, because the thing is, is that labor, especially new labor, um, well, also old labor, but new labor too, um, was very anti-monarchist. Um, and that there was this sense that you were Tony Blair's out here like saving the monarchy. Right. No. And the fact that the fact that Tony Blair is a monarchist at heart was sort of a weird outlier with him. And and the fact that Gordon Brown was very much very anti-monarchist and kind of had to keep that on the down low was a problem. And it was sort of one of the reasons that the deal, you, you have to remember, A, that that Michael Sheen's, this is Michael Sheen's second time playing Tony Blair. The first one is The Deal, which is this television film that was sort of Peter Morgan's breakout in the UK that got him the 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 the, the backing to make the Queen. And the deal is this is basically sort of shows Tony Blair to be a little bit of a not not a snake exactly, but but a, a man who is willing to do calculating. just a, yeah, calculating. very calculating um, that he's basically like he sits down with. I don't I don't know who plays Gordon Brown in in the TV in the TV film, but he basically like, he basically makes this, 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 this underhanded deal with Brown where he basically uses Brown to get to the, 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 the prime ministership because on a lot of levels, he knows that Brown's true believer labor beliefs are never going to truly fly with the British public. And that, and that he need, but that he needs Brown and Brown's intelligence to get there. And that Brown on some level knows that he's not telegenic enough, that he doesn't say the right things, and that he needs this slick salesman to win. Because in the in the Queen, Tony Blair is very like um they they very much play him as sort of like youthful and charming and very like he has this whole scene where he literally stands up in the middle of like his own office to chastise the people on his staff for bullying Elizabeth. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And it the thing is is that Tony Blair is not ex- 
because he's labor, even though he's new labor, he is expected to be anti-monarchist. And almost everyone who works for him is anti-monarchist. So when he gets up and he says, stop bullying Elizabeth, that to them is shocking. And also, I am looking up the deal. I think he likes her. Like, I think that's what it is, is I think he just likes her. And it's David Morrissey who plays Gordon Brown. Oh, that tracks. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I I had to look it up because I'm like, I can see it and I cannot think of an actor's name. All right. (laughs) Anyway, point being that that should also sort of tell you who, how Morgan sort of saw labor even before he wrote The Queen and even before he wrote The Special Relationship in which... Tony Blair also is is shown as this very calculating man who uses Bill Clinton and then uses George Bush to sort of like burnish himself and be seen as this world leader um and and use America to sort of like to to sort of like make himself bigger than he was on the world stage and that that also should sort of let you realize like how Peter Morgan views politics in a way and views Tony Blair as a person and views like how he functions relative to the monarchy. And I think that matters with the queen because that shows you like what he, he thinks of himself almost as equal to them and that they need to get on his level. Mm, I don't think that, I don't think that comes across the queen at all. But I do feel like he does think he's saving the monarchy. Like, I do think it's. I do think a lot of it is just that he likes her. Like, <laughs> well, no, that's true too. I think that there's. A, well, I mean, there's uh, Sherry a level- Blair has a Sherry Blair has a line about um how she's because Sherry Blair is like virulently anti-monarchist. Yes, um, she is. And uh, and I'm hoping she, that comes across in in season six of the Crown. And by she the way. says something to the. She basically like accuses her husband of having like a mom complex. Because Elizabeth is like the same age as his mom would have been if she lived. And it's really like rude, but maybe not wrong. I don't know. Like, I really like, I mean, props to anybody who can hold their own like that against Helen Mirren. Because I can't, I cannot imagine that it is, it is easy. But like, I do feel like they, they build, like, I just love the way the movie ends where she's like, are you a walker? And then they go for a walk with her like 87 dogs. And <laughs> it's. I don't know. I feel like the whole movie is like them building a relationship as much as it is like him saving the monarchy, both of which happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I genuinely just love this movie also because I feel like it really does get at the heart of of how the monarchy hit a turning point and whether or not and, and that it did sort of get saved. I'm still not sure if it should have been. Oh, you know, I'm an unrepentant monarchist. I know, I know. And honestly, it's weird because, like, I grew up in a family that hated Diana. I've told you this. And that, like, I grew up in a family that, that, that... that, that had very weird views about this because my father thought that the entire monarchy should be torn down and that the, the and that the palaces should be basically used for civil for for like you know like like basically as as places for the public to go to um as you know free free places for like learning and stuff um and but at the same time he also was extremely sympathetic to Charles and extremely sympathetic to Elizabeth and 
and Diana was this weird interloper who had really terrible modern ideas about how the monarchy should behave, and that was all awful. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, especially in light of the last decade, which, you know, the crown shorts itself. It used, the original plan was to go up to 2012 and to end with the with the this the 60th anniversary whatever whatever jubilee that was yeah the 60th anniversary and they shorted themselves and now they end with the golden jubilee because they didn't want to get anywhere close to the epstein stuff to um megan markle to any of that because peter morgan was like oh that's not a good idea um but his real original idea was that the triumph of the of 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 will and kate's marriage and that's and that and that and that and that platinum jubilee and all that beautiful stuff was supposed to be sort of like the the the, the might have been the diamond jubilee i don't diamond, know she had so whatever. many jubilees i know seriously but what that 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 crossing into 2010 sort of moment that the monarchy had was supposed to be like their crowning achievement and then everything went downhill and i'm sort of wondering now like since that sort of went downhill moment i don't i've started to wonder how right my dad might have been about whether or not the monarchy should continue into the 21st century. And I, I don't know. I, I, I've become very agnostic on this question. Um, I don't know if I want to see it end, but I don't know how I feel about it continuing either. And watching, especially watching like Harry and Meghan come here to America and watching the way that the family sort of like closed ranks and sort of like pushed everybody out that isn't like this very narrow slice. Babe, that's the firm. Come on, I it's know. not new. It's not new, but it also, like, I don't know. I thought they were learning and they aren't. Well, I think they are learning. I just don't think you like the lessons they're taking from it because yeah. I think that I think that the ascendancy of Will and Kate will be great for the monarchy. You do? Like, I think Will is a mess, but I think Kate... God, he is a mess. Like, Will <sighs> is a mess privately, but he holds it together in public, and Kate is the one that's gonna... Like, Kate is like, I am doing this, and you are all coming with me, and... <laughs> Like, I don't know. I feel like we're all just going to get through the Charles era and we're going to get to Will and Kate and it's going to be fine. And I really, I, I think this sounds really morbid and I'm not wishing ill on anyone, but I think the younger that Will comes to the throne, the better it will be for the monarchy. Um, I don't just, dis- okay, that I don't disagree with you with. Um, Because I think as long as, I, I think, I think if, I think the idea of like a younger king who still has little kids is, is just like, revelatory for that institution so i don't know not to be like charles get on with it but i i don't i i'm waiting for will okay i don't know i just i actually let me let me adjust that i'm waiting for kate will happens to be there Because I feel like Kate is what they wanted Diana to be. Like Kate yes. has all oh, no, of, no, no. Kate has that. Kate has all of the Kate has all of the like um, sort of outsider vibes but they're like but but she has learned to harness it instead of letting it tear her apart and so i think that's very important is that she has learned to use it as opposed to like fall apart over it not that's no shade on diana because like diana had a whole lot of other things that made her life difficult but like i feel like kate is using it and i think that's important I also think that Diana had a misfortune 
to live at a time before mental health was normalized. She still lived... uh, 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 I, well, I certainly like if regular people couldn't go see a psychiatrist, the royal certainly couldn't do it. You know, I, I, I still remember the first time I ever got like given um um what was it back in the nineties, not Paxil, um um um, Prozac. Prozac, thank you. Um, I was on Prozac for the longest time. Everybody, half the women in my family are, I'm like a third or fourth generation depressive, so I have lots of experience in these things. Um, when I was first handed Prozac, um, my, 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 my therapist said to me, so do you remember back, have you ever seen like those things in the Civil War when like they come out into the field and they, and their, their kits are like, and their brain kits are like things like, 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 like knives and, and, like and a screwdriver and a screwdriver and that's what the surgeons all used and like saws and things and I'm like, yeah and he's like that's basically where we are in the brain thing like i'm basically taking a hammer and i'm tapping on your head and we're hoping that it works um you know right now and 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 surgery is at the scalpel level like maybe in 20 years we'll get to scalpels but we're not there yet and like you know i just think about that like we're at scap we're, we're, we're not still we're still i don't think we're at scalpels quite yet but we're better than hammers and like diana lived before even hammers existed well yeah because like back then back then your only choice was Prozac like that was your one option and now you have many options and a lot of them are better than Prozac and Diana Diana became princess before hammers even existed yeah and that's like and, and and you know like I just I sometimes wonder like had had these drugs existed had actual therapy existed would she have done okay well you know we'll never know but still i sometimes just think that that's there's a level where we can never really judge her because it's just you just yeah no you can't you never know the bio, but you never know what kind of battles other people are fighting that's and true. diana had just like a lot of stuff going on outside of being married to a jerk <laughs> but um i think kate is is much more kate is what they wanted diana to be is a very very astute point well yeah she's got she's got like the acceptable outsider vibes but she chose this in a way that diana didn't i mean the weighty katie joke is a joke but not wrong and she and and i sometimes wonder like you know when they when they say that she when they talk about how she resented megan i wonder if she was like no i did all the homework what are you doing (laughs) You know, you do the homework well, like, before you come to this family. Um, well, I mean, Kate has decided to play by a certain set of rules and, yes. and she is fine with it. And she has she has, I am sure, endured the firm a like lot. everybody else who enters into the firm. But I, like I said, I think she has chosen to use it mm. in in a way that was, you know, that Diana couldn't and that Megan doesn't want to. Yeah. So, and that Megan would never put up with, and Harry knew that. And she doesn't have to. He's a second yep. son. Yep. <laughs> True. But I do, but that's what I mean when I say, like, they're going to have to deal with this again because she was an HRH and now she's not. What's going to happen? Like, uh-huh. uh, they're going to have to answer that question again eventually. Hopefully, not for years, though. Anyway, um, I think that's our thing on the Queen, which we sort of like went off on. <laughs> I know. Basically, it's just for us to talk about royals because we enjoy it. But the movie is truly excellent. Helen Miller. Helen Helen Miller. Helen Miller. What? Helen Mirren uh, won an Oscar for it. She absolutely deserved it. She went on to win a Tony for playing the Queen. Tony and a and a and an Olivier for playing the Queen in the audience. Uh, she probably won a BAFTA for the Queen, the film as well. Um, 
She is amazing. It is worth watching. Michael Sheen is just incredible as well. Like, I'd forgotten how... I hadn't watched this movie in a while, so I'd forgotten how really good he is in this. And he's such a baby. <laughs> he's so young in it. He's He is really young in it. Yeah. Which I guess is part of the point. But, yeah, it's really, like, just such a baby. <laughs> uh, it's streaming on Paramount Plus and... I, you know, Greg watched it with me last night and well, sort of half watched it with me and, and it's a, it's a decent way to spend a couple of hours. Yeah. So, and it'll, it's like homework. It's like homework for the crown too, Mm -hmm. because it'll get you ready. And, and especially since the crown is coming in two parts and though, though Netflix has not said this and I have not seen screeners yet, I think it's pretty obvious from the trailer that the break between parts one well, and two. Well, I mean, the poster, the poster is the shot of Diana sitting on that thing on the boat. The mm-hmm. is it like the diving board or whatever it is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we all know that that where the break is where, between where parts one and two is going to go. So, like the 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 queen is definitely going to fit right between these two in the month between. So, yeah, watch it. Um, if you have. Other suggestions for classics we should revisit um, that will make me feel incredibly old when we do. Uh, we're at televisions at weta.org. Send us your thoughts. Um, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, Annie, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle basically just about everywhere. Um, though I think mostly at this point, I've, I don't know, I've just sort of been off social media recently. Um, but uh, Blue Sky on Instagram seemed to be where I am the most. Uh, yeah, um, I'm the associate editor here at Televisions and I also freelance around the web. Uh, yeah, that, that's basically me. Thanks. Huzzah. I am on social media pretty much everywhere as Lacey MB. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And I I don't know. I retweet a lot of things. I rant about a lot of things. I share my bylines of stuff I write. You can see a picture of uh, me and television's contributor, Emma, dressed as the 13th Doctor for Halloween on there. Um, if you just want to They were the site, so cute. Yeah. I've got to tell you, the 13th Doctor is like the best Halloween costume. So comfortable. Um, if you just want the site of the pod, we are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. If you like what we do, visit us at televisions.org for more news, recaps, listicles, fun, thinky things we come up with and a big old donate button up top to help us keep making all of this great content for your eyes and ears. Uh, in doing so, you could get access to PBS Passport, which has lots of uh, exciting early and exclusive binge opportunities, including the final season of Doc Martin, which I believe just dropped this week. Uh, yeah, that's our show. Welcome to November. I don't know. I Get your boosters. Get your flu shots. Stock up on Kleenex. Everybody around me seems to be like sneezing and coughing, and I'm not about it. So I'm trying to prevent it. We'll see how lucky I get. And I don't know. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Tis the season for gratitude and thankfulness now. So do something nice for a stranger, a friend, someone you haven't talked to in a while. It'll make you feel better. Thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate you and we will see you next week.